Hey everyone, welcome to the Prospecting Podcast brought to you by Lead IQ. If you're looking for a podcast that talks about sales, building pipeline, and creating a positive buying experience for your buyers, you've come to the right place. You know what else is cool? If you're an SDR, BDR, AE, and you don't want to do data entry anymore, you should go check out Lead IQ. You can go to leadiq.com and make a free account right now. It'll let you capture prospects from LinkedIn Sales Navigator into your favorite sales tools in one click. No more data entry, baby. If you manage people or are responsible for building pipeline, shoot an email over to sales.leadiq.com using the subject podcast, and we'll give your whole team a God account to test it out. Let's dive into some prospecting, shall we? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Prospecting Podcast. This might be the last episode in a long time that John Maza is here because John Maza, you're going to be Papa number three, right? I am. I'm my wife's having baby number three. We're having a girl in oh, like a few days. I so. didn't know the gender, dude. Thanks for telling me. Um, so Maza is going to be bailing on me for at least a couple of weeks, which means I'm going to go back to podcasting alone. But I was thinking, man, who's someone that could send Maza off into the sunset and make sure that it's accessible for people that might have some impairments? And I couldn't think of anyone better than Michelle Laker from 3Play. What's up, Michelle? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. What a pro transition, right? Wasn't that good? Were you impressed? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impressed. I've never been podcasted before. So I feel like that was the best transition we could have given them. The good news is it's, if it's your only podcast you've been on, it's also your worst podcast transition you've ever been part of. So <laughs> congratulations. Uh, it's only uphill from here. Um, Michelle, for people that don't know a little bit about you, um, you run a BDR team at 3Play Media, right? Yeah. So I got promoted to be a BDR manager from being a senior BDR on my team about seven months ago. I'm really excited to have built what we have here. Um, I've had three reps promoted in the past couple of months and um, six fully onboarded reps. It must be kind of hard being a BDR. So I was a team lead, but I never got to a BDR manager. It must be mm -hmm. hard... Um, having people leave the nest a little bit, right? Like they're getting promoted and leaving and then they go, what do they become AEs? I assume there, is that what's the, the, the track people take? It's been a little bit of a mixed bag. We've had one of my, um, one of my reps went to a growth account manager role. So she's doing a lot of close of business. And then another one actually took a hard right and is now going to be in partnerships. So she's going to be working really closely with that team and uh, talking to other companies about partnering with replay. They grow up so fast. I'm getting misty eyed. If you're if you're listening to this and not watching a video of this, which we kind of sometimes do video, I think it depends. We usually will clip it after or something. But I am crying in the video violently uh, over <laughs> this. It's it's emotional. Um, you get very unless you're like me, then you unless you're like me, then you never leave the nest, right, Ryan? Yeah, that's right, Maza. You you've actually you've left the nest and Mama come Bear. back a couple of times, right? That's basically yeah, what I keep coming to back to Mama Bear. Ryan O'Hara. I thank you for calling me a mama bear. Like I've been, I don't want to be a papa bear. I want to be a mama bear. Like I think you give mama, off that energy. Thank yes. you. I, I, the only person in the sales space that's more huggable is probably James Buckley. And if you don't follow James Buckley's content oh, online, yeah. he does a lot of stuff with the John Barrows people. He's like, he's a very huggable man, but, um, let's get back to this. I don't know why we're doing this. Let's get this. Let's get this to be professional. Um, Michelle, for people that don't know, who does 3Play Media sell to? And what, what do you guys, well, I know what you do, but I don't know if everyone knows what you guys do. Everyone's probably been touched by 3Play Media unintentionally and not realized it. Do you want to tell people a little bit about how you guys help people? Sure, absolutely. I'm happy to. Uh, so 3Play Media is a video accessibility partner. Uh, if you don't know what accessibility is, it is making video content 
able to watch or listen to or understand uh, the deaf and hard of hearing community as well as the blind and low vision community. Um, so we do things like closed captioning, live captioning, both automatic with our AI and with human, um, the human so life professional. Uh, we also offer translation services and audio description services, which will actually take a video and describe what's happening in it. So if you're blind and can't see what's going on, uh, you'll be able to understand what's going on in the video with the description. Um, so that's actually really interesting. I've never heard about the blind part before, mm -hmm. but it makes sense because you, you hear it sometimes on like, you'll hear it in movies and stuff when people are using accessible things, or you'll accidentally make your Xbox do it and you won't be able to figure out how to turn it off. <laughs> That's happened to me like a hundred times, but, um, so how do you guys sell that? Cause it's kind of an interesting idea. Like you're like people that are listening right now, you're probably thinking like, Oh, you know, as a prospector, I'm going to go through different features and brag about that stuff, but it's actually not best practice to do that all the time. Sometimes you have to sell people on an idea. And that's what I like about the approach that 3Play does. I've looked at your cold emails before because um, your team always does the rate my pitches with us and they're usually really good. Um, mm -hmm. What Can you talk a little bit about that? Like dissect it for the, for the people at home. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some pros to selling 3Play uh, in terms of like legality, but at the same time, a lot of people look at accessibility and they just want to check a box. So they want to go with a competitor that's going to be really quick and easy to use. Um, and I think for us is we're really looking for that long-term partnership and growing with them and not just captioning one or two videos, but we want to be supportive of your entire organization. Um, so you mentioned that you hadn't heard of audio description. One partner of ours that is really, really impactful in the space is Disney. Um, so we recently acquired Caption Max and they do a lot of real human speech audio description. And so Disney has been a huge partner of ours in making all of their content super accessible for everyone. That's awesome. Um, That's really cool. Um, was that something that came from them coming to you or did you guys prospect them? So a little bit of both. Um, I, they were an expansion account of mine. Uh, so I was expanding, expanding, sending emails, making cold calls, uh, trying to find the right people to come to. And then one of those things in the sales world, someone comes inbound and I'm like, yeah. I am on it. So yeah. um, I'm a really big fan of super personalized messaging if you cannot get someone on the phone. And so I sent him an Alice gift. I, I don't remember exactly what I sent, but I had noticed that he was in California and to me, that's right by the beach. So I wanted to send him something kind of interesting. Um, I think I sent him like a beach towel or something. And He's like, that's awesome. I didn't expect to get anything, nor do I necessarily need this, but thank you for thinking of me. It's a really creative approach and it's Disney. So what, like, why not be creative in your outreach to them? I do have a question hey, about that. So be. what were you going to say, Maza? Oh, just it's, it's Disney. You gotta be. I know. I know. I was going to, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about Alice because I've used Sendoso before. I haven't sure. used Alice before for people that are listening. They're probably like, what's Alice and Sendoso are kind of the two that I think are most popular in the prospecting space. Um, what are some cool things you guys have done with Alice? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, one of my favorite that we've done is chatting captions over coffee. So we'll incentivize the prospect to have a quick conversation with us and we'll send them either a Starbucks gift card or Alice has these really cool like roasted bean coffee sets that you can send uh, maybe a Yeti mug to keep your, your, your coffee warm. Um, 
and that'll be the subject line too. So chat captions over coffee question mark. Uh, and a lot of people really like that one. I think another one that one of my reps, um, I'll give her a little shout out, but Kat came up with was sending a Chipotle gift card. Um, we had actually looked up like just creative ways to send subject lines and someone had a subject line about burritos and it had, I think the open rate was like 67% open rate. Like everyone was opening this because it had burritos in the subject line. So she started setting, um, it would say, if I was addressing you, Ryan, it would say Ryan on video accessibility and dot, dot, dot burritos. And then you get a Chipotle <laughs> gift card. That's cool. I, I've, uh, I know I, I saw Mazza light up because Mazza is a big taco man and a big burrito yeah. man every Love Tuesday. It. Yeah. Every, every Tuesday it's, it's a tradition. I hope you're having fails. margaritas with those tacos. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, Mazza's Ooh. drinking margaritas before work every day. Why do you think he's the way he is? <laughs> I make a mean margarita. Why do you um, think the podcast is so good? <laughs> yeah. That's what do you think? You think we're naturally this extroverted? I don't think so. Um, so, so you've done some cool stuff with uh, your team does some cool stuff with Alice. Um, do you guys build out sequences or cadences on how to handle stuff when you'd send something to Alice? Like what happens if you send something and it's radio silence? Like, do you have any play, do you have any like playbooks or things that you do on that end? Or what do you do afterward? Definitely. So a couple of tools. So we, we use HubSpot as our CRM. And so, Oh, I didn't know that. So you're using HubSpot for a CRM mm -hmm. and then are you using HubSpot's emailer. That's interesting. Actually. I don't think I've met a lot of people that are doing that in our space. That's cool. Yeah. So we, we started with them as the marketing, of course. Um, yep. Yep. We use then, them for marketing too. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. It's awesome. And yeah, then we moved on to them for sales and I love it. And I think when I was first starting as a manager and I didn't really know <laughs> a ton, I guess, about like what I was supposed to be looking at. I was like, wow, HubSpot reports are just beautiful. Like look oh, at yeah. all these colors. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I kind of like HubSpot stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So you guys use HubSpot for that. Um, for people that are listening that are like, we use HubSpot, but we don't use it for that. We're using Salesforce or something. Um, what's kind of the steps that you do for the playbook when you're actually sending packages to prospects? Like, what is it like step one send or do you call or email first or what do you do? Yeah, so I, um, of course, have to talk about Sam Nelson's Agoji sequence, but I, when I was first creating the sequences for my team that we use, I pretty much copy and paste that sequence and then add in our own email templates along with the little like, if they're opening and clicking on messaging, send them an Alice gift. If yep. they are like interacting with our content, send them a Vidyard. Um, so we have those little like breakup points. And then if you do send an Alice gift, you do manually go in and create a task to follow up and make sure that either they viewed it or follow up and send a video saying, hey, I sent you this gift. I swear it's not spam. It's coming from a real human. Do you do the address request analysis? Is that like the way that you would get someone's address or do you guys have a data provider for that? We actually don't. So Alice has, the cool thing about them is that, and I think I've used Sendoso before someone has sent me like a gift card, um, but you put your address in after the fact. So yeah. we're not collecting anyone's home address from our end. Um, and I know that I, I was hired during the pandemic. So I don't know if you used gifting prior to, but I've heard of, other friends that will just send a gift to someone's office. And I don't know if, if you guys have done that. Yeah. So the thing that oh, I've seen on the buying end <laughs> is I get, I get um, 
I get address requests from Alice and Sendoso sometimes asking if this is my address. And usually it's right. Um, I'm not, I, like, I wasn't trying to accuse you guys, but like, you have their personal <laughs> info? What the hell? It wasn't that. Not it's only do you have like, cell phones, but. <laughs> so, the, the, so you do the address request. I, I've done a panel with some people from Alice before um, and some mm-hmm. people from Sendoso. And I know the conversion rate's actually really high when you address, when you say, yeah, I want to send this person a gift. What's your address? Um, I was kind of curious if like, so you send something out, what ha- and you don't hear anything, what do you do? Like, do you, is, is I know you mentioned Sam Nelson's Zagoji thing. I actually don't know it, by the way. You want to make fun of me? It's your chance. <laughs> what is it like for the people at home? Do you know it off the top of your head? I don't know it off the top of my head. I think it's 18 steps and there's calls and emails, tasks along with LinkedIn tasks kind of skewed throughout. Um, yeah. it, it's a good mix though. And Google think- that, Agoji. It's fun to say too. Yeah. A-G-O-G-E. Thank you. I was going to try to spell welcome. it, but then I would probably <laughs> would have spelled it wrong. Um, I, I'm sl- People are slowly learning that um, I am not great at reading. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. That's one of the problems is like, if I were looking at a video that was transcribed by 3Play, I probably couldn't read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're too busy. But to you know everything things. was spelled right. So I, I know. So you're Michelle you Laker. Words. I'd probably call you Michelle Lacker. Cause like, I just <laughs> suck at reading people's names and stuff. It happens all the time. Um, all right. So we talked about packaging and sending personalization is really big, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. What are some things you guys personalize off of when you're doing your outreach? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'm sure you all are, have gotten the emails. that's like, noticed you went to UNH. That's awesome. And for me, that's something that when you're a first beginner BDR, of course, it's like such an easy layup of where to go to school. Um, More recently, I've been challenging my team to do a little bit of digging and find out what sort of events these companies are doing, because we'll do a lot of live captioning and translation for big events like global events that have come up. And so do they do any events that have happened recently? Did that person attend an event? Are they posting about it on LinkedIn? So using LinkedIn less for where did they go to school and more for what sort of content are they interacting with? What are their interests? Who do they follow? Um, And then sending a gift based on that and or just personalizing the first two sentences of that message saying, it's awesome that you support uh, this organization. I want to pause for a second and emphasize something because that's what a podcast host can do. It's powerful. <laughs> you got, you don't even know people at home. They just shut it off. They're like, I'm done. If you're listening to this, one of the things that she mentioned is the individualization of stuff. Um, one quote, I don't remember who said it, but personalization is personal. Mm-hmm. So like in this case, she's not talking about doing something that's just wrapped around the company. She's also saying like, go look at the person's individual things that are happening. What we've seen in studies from lead IQ is if you personalize something to an individual, you're 11 times more likely to hear back from them than just personalizing off of their persona um, or the company they work for. If you're pro, I mean, it's okay as a last ditch effort to do where they work and their title, but if you can go a little bit deeper, you're going to stand out compared to this wave of other people that might be selling the same thing that you're selling or selling something that's similar. Um, Michelle, you guys probably have competitors too, right? Like oh, it, absolutely. <laughs> I don't, I won't mention them. I know one of them, but I won't say them because I'm a man of honor and respect. Um, but um, I was going to say like, if you're, if your team's ripping off these individualized emails um, and doing that with your prospecting, it probably is a much like better relationship that you're starting 
with these people as opposed to a company that might just be blasting templates out, right? We hope so. We we really hope to have that human element of it because that's how we like to do business. Um, I think that having that handholding white glove kind of experience in terms of partnering with someone, like that's that's really what we're trying to give off is that not only are we a leader in the space, but we also, we value that educational piece. So even if you aren't working with us, we still want to produce podcasts and blog posts and everything to make sure that we're educating and not just selling to sell. Let's dive into that. That's a good, that's a good topic. I think the best salespeople are teachers, obviously. And it's like, it's been proven over and over and over again, whether you subscribe to Challenger, Spin, uh, what Sandler, I don't care what training you've had. Teaching is the way to go, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you arm your reps that are under you to teach? Because they're new. A lot of them are like, you know, probably living in their mom's basement. <laughs> like, 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 you know, they're like muting in Zoom meetings and be like, Ma! What <laughs> <Want> a call! <laughs> they're just like, they're like just getting embarrassed. Um, I hope that didn't, was I far away from the mic so it didn't blast ears for people at home? Yeah, uh, no, I no, tried, you're blasted here. That's, that's some special effects that we're providing you people at home. That's what we do for, for you. Um, how do you get them to teach? Like, what do you do to teach them? Yeah, we we have a really robust lesson lay that the team goes through because our product is so robust. Um, our CRO always says, oh, we're just producing words on screens. And when you peel that back, there's a lot of product and knowledge and understanding that goes into it. Uh, so we arm them as best we can with understanding 3Play, why we do what we do, and then also how we're able to do what we do. Um, and we think that once they can understand the fundamentals of the company, then they're able to bring it to other people. I think with arming them to educate, we produce blog posts and we're actually in the middle of our big event of the year, which is access. And we'll bring in leaders from the industry, leaders from our board, people that we're partnered with, uh, that are focused in diversity and inclusion efforts. And, um, we'll arm our team with obviously those leads and also, uh, the knowledge and understanding, uh, of what happened during the event and how they can use that in their cold calls and their personalization to their emails. So, so, uh, obviously you look for people, um, you guys sell to a lot of different roles, right? Like (laughs) that must be very hard to figure out, like, is, are your reps basically going after more than one person at the company at the same time, but with different angles or like, how do you approach that? So we very, very recently verticalized our teams, which was round of applause, huge, huge effort for us um, as yeah. we're growing. Can we explain um, real quick? I don't want to interrupt you, yeah. but I just want to explain it for people because some people listening at home might not know what that means. Um, totally. Verticalizing basically means that you split off your teams by what industry they're in, or usually it's industry, right? If you're doing verticalizing. Yep. So I just wanted to kick that off to go on Michelle. So you guys just verticalized your teams. That's what that means. Um, um, Talk about it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we just verticalized, which in our mind is going to really help my reps to target certain accounts and go after them. Uh, so if they can become an expert, and this goes back to the education piece, if they can become an expert in their vertical and what that industry is doing, the trends that we're seeing, their personalization is going to be that much better yeah. in their content and reaching out. And the education piece is going to be really, really significant and actually resonate with the people that we're talking to. 
if you're listening to this, let's say you're more senior and you know this stuff, you, I highly recommend considering verticalizing stuff. It's awesome because you get, the, here's the, there are three things that happen and why you should verticalize. All right, the first reason you should do it is mirroring what Michelle just said. If you verticalize your sales team, you become an expert in one industry. It's way easier for you to build business acumen for that stuff. Like your SDR team or BDR team, could become an expert by just following a couple influencers in that space and keeping tabs on their talent, keeping tabs on what's happening in those industries, follow the news in those topics, sign up for an industry blog for that specific industry. Like, uh, you know, re read the publications of whatever that thing is that happens. You be can become a knowledge expert, but here's the other cool part. Those people that you prospect, they don't go get a job at an unrelated company. They usually stay in that industry. So if you have a former person Let's say Michelle's team's going after someone at Disney and that person bails on Disney and goes somewhere else. Let's say they get a job at, at Turner afterward or something. You've got an in and you already have that relationship with them. Um, has that happened yet, Michelle? Like, have you seen some of the, the like, has there been any of that turnover stuff that's gotten you into new companies? It 100% has happened. It doesn't happen every day as much as we would like it to, but it has happened before with a couple of different companies that I, I can't, um, yeah, undisclosed. Just, yeah, just, <laughs> NDA, don't, don't disclose. <laughs> you just got to be uncomfortable. You're like, uh, yeah, uh, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> Have me back in a couple months. We'll talk. <laughs> um, so so uh, you do the verticalization. Uh, the, the teams had to do that. How do you do it from a new account perspective? So are reps only working accounts that have been named or are they hunting for new accounts too? Yeah, that's a that's actually a really good question because it's something that we've been working on in the past. We have an ABX effort with our marketing team that is supporting both our account executive team, so new business, and our account management team uh, expansion. And the marketing team and both of those teams get together and select certain accounts that will go after each month and each quarter. Um, my reps are also able to go out and find new accounts that they want to work, uh, as long as it's within their vertical. So yeah, like you said, it's, it's a little bit of both, uh, primarily the accounts are given to them and sorry. Also, like you said earlier, um, there are so many different departments and people that we can go out within one company that they're supposed to find 20 contacts. And I feel like they always come back with like 80 and yeah. okay. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I'm going to be afraid to ask this question. They always say in law, if you have someone on the stand, you never ask them a question you don't know the answer okay. to. I'm going to take this risk. How are you, how are you guys verticalizing? What's the, the truth for what industry they're in? How do you define that? What are you using to define that? We, uh, so we, we have a new sales ops team that has come into existence since this past year. Uh, and they have done so much data mining in old Salesforce and now HubSpot to see what verticals or vert vertical slash industries we've had the highest success with, where we get the most inbound leads from, where there's the most potential to grow. Um, Cause we'll close a lot of smaller deals and then yeah. end up having a big opportunity. Uh, so it, it's honestly been a lot of data mining and research and then also projection. So forecasting of, where do we think this is going? Um, I was going to, I was going to say, cause it's kind of hard to like some of the companies that might be out there might have their hand in more than one cookie. 
jar? Sure. I almost did more than one cookie, period. Like, why wow, you got your hands in my cookie? Um, <laughs> you put your hand in more than one cookie jar. Um, I was kind of curious, like, is there a, the, so the truth is being set by operations or sales I ops and rev ups? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was curious if there was just like a data provider you could trust and then be like, oh crap, let's do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, literally, I could talk about these different people. Like, for example, on employee account at Lead IQ, one of the things that we kind of decide is a tiebreaker for stuff if we don't have that data is LinkedIn. We do our headcount okay. on LinkedIn. And that's one of the things that we do to split off who gets what on our teams because selling to a certain number of reps is different uh, based on your company size. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was asking, like, if there was like a source, cause like you can't really do a lot of the, like, it must be kind of difficult and you guys probably have to do a lot of the work on it manually because, um, look at Sony, right? Sony or Microsoft is a good example. Microsoft makes software, but they also make hardware and they're also a media company and an mm-hmm. entertainment company. I like how I've plugged Microsoft like six times in this, this <laughs> podcast. We're definitely brought to you by them. Um, but, but like, that's kind of where it can get a little weird, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think I'm better understanding the question. Um, so we go to the root of what the industry is and this, this has come up since we verticalized, um, we've had reps submit one account and at the root of it, it's not really in their vertical, but it could arguably be in their vertical. So Consumer services is a really big one. Oh yeah, like, that must be complicated, right? It's so complicated because there's consumer services, professional services, e-commerce and retail. Like those are all very convoluted. And then uh, manufacturing distribution. So those are a big four category of how do we get at the root of what this company is and and where they really see value. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. I didn't think of like consumer services like... <laughs> You might have a soda pop expert that just yeah. sells soda that just sells the companies that make soda pop. I like yeah. how I say it like a fifties like goon. Yeah. But you guys get what I mean, right? Yeah, you from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> soda pop. Let's go. Um, my uh, yeah, fingers. Yeah, yeah. I'm snapping <laughs> my fingers. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Here's a fun question for you, Michelle. I know you're managing people, so you don't actually have a group for yourself, right? You don't have your own vertical, right? I no, I don't have my own vertical. I, I will do pick? the, I'll do the occasional outbounding here and there yeah. and book a meeting and be like, guys, it's just that easy. And they're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I used to do, I used to do that too. Like, I just like, I remember one time um, we had someone that replied back and the rep was writing an email back and I'm like, what are you doing? Call them. Like they gave an objection. And I'm like, you know, that they're, they're the at their inbox right now. Just call them really quick. And I called them on, do you remember this Mazza? Uh, I called I them on speakerphone and they answered. We just talked to them and got a meeting. Like, I was like, that's way easier than taking 30 easy. minutes to write a long <laughs> response about like, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so you're, you're talking about um, if you could pick a vertical, what would you pick? Like, what's your favorite vertical? Ooh, I really like the technology vertical. I had a lot of success there and not in the way that you would think. Um, we kind of like, that was, that's one of our like little newer nuggets, but we've done a lot of global events for technology companies, as well as a lot of their support documentation, because a lot of those tech companies are also in like APAC country. Yeah. So yeah. Translation for us is huge into like Chinese, Japanese, et cetera. And 
those have been some of our, like, what is it called? Like the diamond in the rough. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, hold on a second. Does three play do translation? Mm-hmm. We have, so, we partner with a couple of groups that help with the translation piece. So if Mazen and I ever wanted to do a video mm-hmm. where we, where we, uh, do things and then get it translated by somebody. Could we do audio dub too? <laughs> That's a dream. That's a dream. You um, I, I'll put you in touch with, with my people. <laughs> Maybe we could be famous in a different country. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to give a shout out to three play media for something. Um, we did a holiday stunt that we talked about in the podcast back in December. Did you see this Michelle? When we did this, we made prospecting videos for people for the holidays. I did see this. Tom sent quite a few in our Slack channel. <laughs> we had um, we had someone from Three Play offer to subtitle them for us for free as part of like charity and giving for the holidays. Um, we couldn't figure out how to fit in our process because the the turnover time. We had to get videos out like someone would tag someone, and our goal was to try and get it out within a day. And it, mm-hmm. like it, we just couldn't fit into the workflow. But I just wanted to give you guys some kudos for that. Um, so Michelle, you also you also worked at Fishbowl before too, right? Yeah. How do you know Fishbowl? Uh, we actually you Fishbowl is. Am I mis- mixing this up? Fishbowl is like that event management stuff. Is that what it is, or is that how do I know Fishbowl? We it was a restaurant marketing platform. Yeah. Okay. This is why I know Fishbowl. Thank you. When I got out of college. I worked at, uh, I helped do marketing at a quick service restaurant magazine that got shut down by QSR magazine. So it was called QSR buzz and QSR magazine sued us out of existence because we had the word QSR and they claimed that they owned the word quick service restaurant. So our publication folded, but that was one of my sponsors that I was working with and stuff when we did stuff. So nice. that's what I was asking. Yeah. It's, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. We've tackled a lot of stuff today. We've talked about personalization, sending stuff. Um, let's talk about personalization with cold calling. How do you get your reps to do your reps do any personalization when they cold call? Yes. It's something obviously ongoing and huge kudos to Tom Stearns for really helping my team get comfortable on the phones because I think, uh, let's see, 80% of my team was fresh out of college. So very green, very young, uh, really excited and had a lot of energy around it, but cold calling from home, honestly, has been, it's exhausting and it's really hard to not be able to hear other people on the floor. Yeah. Oh, the energy has gone. And you know what else kind of stinks? And I guess this is why it's good to have revenue intelligence or conversation intelligence from like a gong or something. But like the other thing that stinks is you're not, you're not in the room learning stuff from what someone did on a call. Cause like, I remember I used to overhear someone say something and be like, Holy crap. And I'd write it down and be like, I'm going to go mm-hmm. do that later. <laughs> every like day, that, every day yeah. we were doing that. You miss that. That kind of stinks. Um, so what do you do? Do you just do like what we train our reps on is we do our personalization through email first, mm-hmm. and then you can recall the thing that you did for personalization when you do the call later on. Um, has that worked? Is that like what you're doing or how do you figure out how to, How's what's Tom teaching them to like do for personalization on the call? Sure. So if, if you're familiar, we do a lot of swift intros. So it's, this is who you are. This is what I know about you. And am I right? So trying to figure out if oh. this person is the right person that we should be talking to, if not getting a referral, if they are, they typically will say that they're the right person. Um, so using little nuggets of 
you're the director of training at UNH. We work with the director of training at Harvard to caption their video content. Is that going to fall under your purview as well? Wow. I, this Tom Stearns is holding back on us when we have him on content. This is gold right now. Um, you know, if we're actually, we're editorializing it too. Another person that kind of does something similar, Josh Braun does this. He does uh, mm -hmm. in his training framework, he does, you open with the truth. So like you say something that you think is true about the person. It's actually very similar. Um, so you, so you guys will call someone and say, Hey, this thing about you that I noticed or something that I've deduced, does that sound like you? And you basically make it the, uh, the psychology behind it is that person doesn't want to seem less, they don't want to seem like they're not responsible for anything. You know right. what I mean? No, I don't have any power. I'm just a, a cog in the wheel. Like no one's ever going to say that. Yeah. I might existentially and then cry, but that doesn't matter. Let's focus on this. Right. So um, you guys say stuff like that. Like you tie it. Do you tie it to a customer story always, or could it be something else? It could be something else. So I've coined it our lost puppy dog approach because you kind of are like pitiful. You're like, oh, I'm not really sure if I'm in the right place. Uh, can you help me? And they're always like, they just melt. They're like, wow, yes, Jesus, let me help you, just, you. You just like method acted that. Did you hear that, Masa? <laughs> I did. Your tone was like, I, are you okay? Like you were like, you were like really lost for a second there. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that was good. So, Thank so, you. so do you suggest that like, um, what are some other ones? Could you give us like another example? Yeah. So obviously we, we have integrations with a lot of different players. And so one, actually I stole from fishbowl. We would always say we're open tables preferred marketing partner because everyone knows open table, but no one's heard of fishbowl. Yeah. It's very similar to three play. Everyone knows YouTube, bright cove, Vimeo, zoom, but not like three play is not a common household name yeah. yet. Um, so we'll say, Hey, noticed you're using bright cove. We actually are on their preferred vendors list. How are you closed captioning your video content? And that will get them up. If they're the right person, they typically know about the player and how important it is to have an integration so that you can seamlessly get your captions back. But if they're not the person, they'll say, oh, I don't handle the Brightcove account, but actually Melissa from down the down the hall does handle it. So I, I'll put you in contact with her. Oh, that's kind of cool. The, the other thing you can do too, I always am kind of wary sometimes of assuming the tech stuff because of data. I mean, we literally can give you tech data at Lead IQ and I'm... I'm Product team, don't hate me. I'm even telling you that it's not 100% reliable, obviously. Things can like things can happen that can make Intel incorrect all the time. Mm -hmm. If I use if I use 3Play for something one day for captioning, it might say that we're a 3Play customer and then Vimeo could do the same thing and be like, hey, notice using 3Play. Have you ever thought about using us for yeah. streaming? Like now we're getting that conversation. Um, one of the things I kind of like doing is when you're doing your value propositions, you make your value propositions kind of just coincidentally line up with the thing that you know that they use. So like, let's say you're doing the UNH training example that you did earlier. Hey, we're working with someone at Harvard on training. We just, we just were able to transcribe hundreds of lectures for their professors so that students that are hearing accessible uh, can, or sorry, I'm saying it incorrect. I'm trying. All right. I'm trying guys. <laughs> it's Friday morning. Yeah. It's the end of the quarter. I'm doing the best fine. I can. I'm doing the best I can. It's April fool's day today for us. That's why we're recording this, but, um, uh, translate translation services. Uh, we could, we could add, we could add this whole wrinkle to your fold. Um, 
couldn't help but notice you guys are using a blackboard for your your uh, lesson platform, right? I you know instead of saying that, what you do is you'd say, "We're actually helping them." I know they use blackboard and it's a pain, and like you coincidentally have it match up. It's kind of like if I were trying to impress Maz on a date. I would have my Ace of Base CD on my front seat of my car and he'd be like, or Tracy Chapman. I think that's the other one that like you like, <laughs> but um, no, like you basically make it seem like it's it, you, it's not deceptive, but you find a way to, to express the thing that is relevant to them, but you make it seem coincidental sometimes. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. a bad thing. Like it just makes it look like you're on top of your stuff. They'll never put like the prospect in their head. Isn't thinking this is a salesperson. They buy data on who has technology. Um, they're going to say that they have this data about me. They better tell me that if they're telling me about this, if they're making the assumption I have this data thing mm-hmm. and they're wrong, the whole call is going to be off base the whole time. No, we don't use that. We use, we don't use Vimeo. We use um, uh, Vidyard or something. I, I know it's a little different, but. Yeah. I will say that for the public facing video, it's very easy to tell what player they're on because yeah, yeah. we'll like my reps will just do a really quick, basically like account based level research uh, and they'll see okay, all of UNH, their marketing content's on YouTube. So trying to do less assumptions, kind of like what you're saying and more factual based, this is the reason I'm reaching out. Yeah. Some, some cool ways. So what are some ways that you guys do that? Obviously you're doing videos so you can look at what they're using for a player. Do you ever, um, do you, you guys probably know a lot of like the advanced, like, like advanced media, you know about advanced media. That's like that weird major league baseball thing. Do you guys know the story? This is crazy. I don't so, know. You'll have to tell it. Okay. Yeah. This is a good lead for you, Michelle, if you want to have someone in the media department look this up. <laughs> Back in the, I worked on this deal at Dine, which is why I know about this. Back in the late, uh, late 2000s, uh, 2010s, Major League Baseball started a startup called Advanced Media Publications or something. And what they would do is they actually made a really good tech for video streaming. Okay. And all these different media companies, that don't want to build their own interface or their own app for all this stuff, literally licenses and just hires major league baseball to do this. And it it makes more money for major league baseball than one of the teams. Like, which is crazy to think about. No one knows major league baseball owns this company and does this. Their biggest customer is HBO. So HBO actually is literally using and licensing their tech to stream. This was 10 years ago. I'm sure it's changed since then, but like (laughs) they basically built like almost like a weird bright cove thing. And um, all these companies use them on the back end to put streaming into their applications and stuff. And they also sell to enterprises and stuff that are not media customer facing. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I, I have to, I'll have to look it up for you, but major league baseball is like, they own a ton of the patents that you use when you're doing streaming and stuff over video. That's I don't super know. Interesting. Yeah. Who would have said that you'd learn this stuff? I, yeah. I don't remember the details of what it's called or something, but I know that some of their lower um, their lower end providers, um, some of their lower end teams that don't bring in a lot of revenue make less money than this, this service that they developed annually. So, um, Michelle, we are kind of getting near the time and I've talked too much. Uh, <laughs> if you had to go back, let's do, let's go on a cool outro. Tell me a cool prospecting story. I, I, take a minute. <laughs> I actually had, I had one come to mind, um, like in the middle of this, I was like, I wonder if I'll have time to share. Okay. Um, so kind of going back to the Alice gifting, I had been trying to get into McCormick, uh, the seasoning. Like I love Laurie's, Laurie's salt is my, my boy and everything. That yeah. I 
Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, so I'd been trying to get into them for so long. And as you both can imagine, Fortune 500 companies, it it is no easy feat. Um, and a lot of them don't really accept Alice gifts just for like legal yeah. reasons. And Alice has this cool feature where you can request research on someone. And so I, this guy had been opening my emails, clicking on things, dodging all my calls, had not made any headway at all. And I was like, all right, I'm going to send him an Alice gift. Let's see where this goes. Give it my best shot. I do the research 20 minutes later, the research comes back. It recommends sending him, I kid you not a four set framed watercolor Avengers kit. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is, this is too niche of a gift to not send it to him. So I send it to him and I, I myself am also a huge Marvel fan. And so the subject line I made on the left. Oh, nice. Good reference. No spoilers Um, here on this podcast, but if you know Marvel movies, you'll know what that means. (laughs) And so I, I write up a little personalization about how, like, I, I noticed he is a huge Marvel fan and, just had to send this to him. And 20 minutes later, my gift is viewed, my gift is accepted. And he responds to my email and says, this was awesome. Exclamation point. And I, <laughs> we got the meeting and I was like, wow, <laughs> all it took was 50 dials and like a million emails and one Alice gift. So <laughs> I guarantee that somebody has said, I bet that guy gets emails all day that have the subject line <laughs> spicy in it. You know what I mean? Like, Probably. that's like, I remember when, um, when I was at dine and I was prospecting, uh, one of my, my buddy, AJ was prospecting Pinterest mm-hmm. and he's, and he was like telling me that he got a call finally with them. And the guy told him like every person that called the emails and used to use the subject Pinteresting <laughs> or Pinterested in talking, like just no. using, like, <laughs> we're just cringing like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, those that. reps are like, check this out <laughs> yeah they think like they're like i'm really freaking cool and then it's look like how are clever you? i am like, yeah look how clever <laughs> look how clever i am um michelle give the people what they want what do you want to plug are you hiring you want people to check you out on linkedin do you want yeah definitely. you want them to yell at me to buy three play is that like would that help you <laughs> yeah let's make lead iq accessible 2022 um I, yeah, would love to plug myself on LinkedIn. I am newer to the LinkedIn game and was featured in March Madness, which was really, really fun. Um, I had seen it last year and was like, wow, it'd be so cool to be a part of that one day. And then a year later, here I am. You did it. So, you hit the big time. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I want to say, I think you had the most nominations too, yeah. by the way. You got really? some secret, Michelle. Yeah. People, people were, yeah. so for people that aren't checking this out on our LinkedIn feed, we do a thing called sales madness. And we basically pair up a bunch of people that you should follow on LinkedIn. Um, and you just vote on whose content you like. And we've like, we're in our second year doing it. But one of the fun parts about it is we get to expose some people that might not have that. Like Michelle, like it's easy to be like, Hey, go follow John Barrows or James Buckley, but these up and comers like you are awesome to go follow and get great content out of. So that's like part of, we're trying to find those unsung heroes. Last year we had like, we had someone that literally had three, three digits for followers. They left the tournament over, over 10 K afterwards wow. so like we helped them a lot yeah it's cool i didn't mm-hmm. i don't want to shut them out because i don't want to make them seem like they're you know 
they were tiny at the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but it really cool, really exciting. So go add Michelle on LinkedIn, Michelle Laker. Um, are you guys doing anything else? Are you hiring? You want people to work at 3Play? Would love for people to work at 3Play. Um, we're looking for a couple of enterprise account executives right now. And then I'm always hiring for our BDR organization. Um, and we are always promoting. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, we had three of my reps have been promoted in the past couple of months. So that's a great plug and happy to chat with anyone if you want some closed captions. <laughs> and if anyone wants yeah. to, if you're listening to this and you're a sales rep and you want to sell to Michelle, her cell phone number, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you can find you, it on Lead IQ. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone, if anyone's listening to this on our end, um, go check out Sales Madness. One other thing we're doing too, if you would like to try out Lead IQ, we actually now, people don't know this, Michelle, we have a free version of Lead IQ you can use now. Um, so it, all you have to do is go to the website, make an account. We give you 15 captures a week. You can send those captures to HubSpot, nice. Outreach, Sales Loft, Salesforce. You could send them to a, a garbage bin if you want. I don't care where you send them, but you should use them because like it literally doesn't cost you anything and you can prospect faster with these people that you're trying to break into and prospect smarter. So go check that out. Michelle, thank you so much for being on here. Tell Tom we didn't say hi. Okay. I'll be All sure right. to let him know. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. We don't thank want Tom. Both. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye.